Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. Uh, go with me to Matthew chapter 6. I start a series on Wednesday night. My gosh, I, I hope the same vein or would come as it was Wednesday night. It was an amazing revelatory realm in this place uh, Wednesday night. I'm, uh, I'm uh, titling this uh, Teach Us to Pray. And um, if you want to uh, get that CD, it's back there. We're going to do a quick recap. I cannot go through and cover because I preached for, I think, an hour and a half Wednesday night. And I can't cover all that again, or we won't ever make up any uh, uh, new ground. But um, we're um, uh, just uh, teaching on prayer and uh, our position of prayer, our authority in prayer, uh, really our authority as a believer, uh, where our authority does not extend to. And uh, basically, uh, uh, so that's, that's the lines that we're going to talk about. Wednesday night, I think that we talked about the second heaven, the third heaven. We talked about angels and archangels and all of that. It's all on the CD. You can get that. And so, Father, I just thank you again for the opportunity to teach and preach the gospel in this place. And, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that great strength is coming upon us this morning. Endurance and all those things, Lord, that are upon our lives. And, Father, this morning I pray that you would help me uh, to preach good this morning. You would help me, Lord. We just invite the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. And we thank you that that's present, God, that you would open up. We pray like Paul in Ephesians 1.18, that you would open the eyes of our understanding. Let us begin to see the mysteries of the kingdom, Father. And Lord, we just thank you for this great time and season that you allowed us to grace the planet and live in this area and this geographical location to bring about the will of God in this area, in this region, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Um, I, I told the church, because we got uh, several of you were not here on Wednesday night, that um, I have seen uh, the tragedy uh, inside the house of the Lord uh, firsthand when I talked about intercession and, and, and things like that and about prayer. Um, I gave the church a couple of, uh, of, of scenarios or whatever on Wednesday night. And then I'll read one again to you tonight. But Catherine and I, when we started out, um, uh, got married when I was 22. Uh, she was 25. She's a little older, praise the Lord. I had to get one with wisdom. Now I'm flat. And so anyhow, but anyhow, she, uh, she's a little older than I am. And so anyhow, when we started out, we were part of a thriving, we were part of a thriving ministry uh, in, in Catherine's hometown. And so we enjoyed going to church, had strong worship. The prophetic was, I mean, awesome. Our pastor walked with the Lord. I mean, just amazing things happened inside of that church. I seen it grow very, very quickly. It was a, a, just a rapid growth throughout that ministry. And then um, <clears throat> that we were big on prayer. I mean, we emphasized prayer. Prayer was highly emphasized at our church. I mean, it was preached on. Um, let me just say this. I believe that any apostolic ministry will make the presence and prayer, that will be the top priority. Are you with me now? You know, I read on the Elijah list one time that signs and wonders are about to return to the church. Signs and wonders never left the church. Prayer and fasting left the church. Come on now. Just stay with me. I'm not going to preach hard, okay? My gosh, he's already on it. He's done pulled the pistol. But listen, um, so anyhow, um, you know, that prayer was big. And so then we started, and especially in the 90s, in the 90s, there was this big awakening to, to warfare. That, 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 um, and it seemed like we were always in a war and we were always warring to get something. And man, you can tell that I'm very, very dosed with that. I believe the kingdom of heaven suffer violent, but glory to God, the violent will lay hold of it and take it by force. So I'm that type of person. And so that's what I preach. That's what I mentor. You see, Matt, I mean, he's very aggressive. We're going for it. You know, Dusty asked him this morning, he said, are you going to sing us some soca music? He said, no, man, we're going for it. And so I believe in all of that. But there is a parameter and, and, and a, an authority that God has given us. And there is an area in which he's called the Christian soldier to stay in. And when we break that rank or get outside of that area, we begin, we, we offer, uh, we actually cause ourselves to come under great attack. And so 
throughout this, when you, if, if any of you come from a warring background or whatever, that we were actually, uh, we started engaging in, in strong warfare in our area. There was strong perversion uh, in our city. I'm talking about that... Um, um, I guess we can put this on, but it, this is out there. So I mean, they, I mean, we had things going on like at dealerships where they were offering, uh, they were asking young men to come in and they were giving them cars for favors. You got me without breaking it down further than that. Just, I mean, just, just lewdness. I mean, just crazy things are going on in our city. And so anyhow, we begin to bind these different things or whatever, and different intercessors or whatever begin to take and they would ride our city, and they would begin to bind uh, forces and things over our city, and believing that God would bring about breakthrough. What happened in that is our pastor was stricken with, with something like a growth in the throat that was not cancerous or whatever. They removed that. Her face dropped. She could not even be, speak behind the pulpit any longer. Uh, uh, relationships were tearing apart in our church. Uh, um, uh, um, uh, miscarriages were happening in our church. Uh, women would get pregnant. The prophetic word would come forth. They would they, they, we prophesied over. They would get pregnant within, within six to eight weeks, start bleeding, lose the babies. All of this was happening. And after a work that started out great and, and, and had great vision, all of that, anyhow, was totally annihilated and doesn't even exist anymore. And so I was, I guess this was about 10 or 11 years ago, I was handed a book by John Paul Jackson called Needless Casualties of War. And I began to read this book and then I began to, he is a tremendous teacher, prophet, went to be with the Lord this year and got a strong scriptural uh, basis for everything he said. But he was in Anaheim, California and these different leaders started calling in with horror stories going on in their church. Women miscarrying babies, um, men uh, having heart attacks. I mean, just uh, children being rebellious and running away that love God with everything and all of these different things. And so he began to, they began to call him and say, you know, will you pray for our churches? Will you pray and seek the Lord and see if God will give you wisdom and revelation on what's going on? So in that, uh, so after the last pastor called that night, he had a dream. And in his dream, he saw it was a night, it was, it was dark, but the moon was, uh, was full and luminous or whatever. And there was these different platforms or whatever. And once some were taller than the others or whatever, and they was men, but they were preaching the gospel. And these men had like holsters on the side, like gunslingers in the Midwest, but they wasn't guns inside the holsters. It was hatchets, and as these men would preach, they would rile up the crowd or whatever. And then there was these, these dark figures that were on, on the moon or whatever, and they would throw these hatchets at them to take them out or whatever, but the hatchets would never reach the moon. And then um, the, the hatchets would fall to the ground. And finally, the men would, uh, uh, the people on the platform became weary, laid down. And as they laid down, the dark figures jumped off of, of the moon or, or, or came down. And when they did, they jumped on the men that was uh, preaching or whatever. And they began to attack them beat them and the, those leaders I mean just he just heard like just just blood gurgling cries coming from those leaders please help us or whatever and then he sat up in the bed and the Lord spoke this he said to attack principalities and powers in the heavenlies is as foolish as throwing hatchets at the moon and God gave him two scriptures um, and so I want to go into that. So that we went through all of that Wednesday night. That was just the CDs or twenty nine ninety five. No, I'm playing. They're absolutely free. And so anyhow, all of that is on that first CD. I don't have time to recap that this morning. So let's just get to where we want to go. I will uh, Matthew chapter six. We're going to teach on uh, prayer, and we're going to the model prayer. And when Jesus uh, was teaching on prayer, Matthew chapter six and verse five. I want you to grab that, and I also want you to grab the scripture we had on Wednesday night of Psalms 115, uh, verse 16. Don't be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Now, let me just say this. If, if, if my role as an intercessor was to bind and to loose, I believe in binding and loosing, but I probably won't make it that far today. To, to teach that. But if you read that into King James where it says, it says whatsoever you bind 
on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That is a very poor translation that the King James uh, renders there. And that is not an accurate translation of that scripture. How do you have authority to bind on earth and then God's going to turn around and bind it in heaven? Come on, y'all. It's quiet. The scripture should render whatever you bind on earth shall have already be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have already been loosed in heaven. Are you with me now? Our job as a believer is to stay in contact with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me now? Stay in communion with the Holy Spirit and speak that which he speaks. Are you with me now? And if he says bind something, then I have the authority to bind it. Are you with me now? And so if, if my job as an intercessor was to ride this city and pull down spirits of, of, of whatever it is, whether it's greed, whether it's pornography, whatever it is that is hanging over this city, then Jesus would have taught me as a soul when he's teaching on prayer that my job in prayer is to bind and loose these kind of stuff. That is not what he taught. Let's look at it. First of all, he said when we're to pray, we're to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your name's holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Where does the Father want the will of God to be done? On what? Here, earth as it is in heaven. This is a crazy thing that, see, a lot of the church, especially in the South, is waiting on the rapture. God's trying to get in the earth, not to remove the church from the earth. This is, this is great revelation. So in John 17, Jesus said, Father, I pray you don't take them out of the earth, but where? Leave them here. Now, there will be a rapture of the church where the church is snatched away. But we got a long ways to go to get to that point. A lot of people look at what's happening in Russia and the evil that's in the world and thinks that determines the rapture. No, that does not determine the rapture. The rapture is determined by what the bride is doing on the earth. Is she making herself ready? All right. So he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is where the Father wants to will it. Give us our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but what? Deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let's just stop there. Now, let's look at Psalms 115, verse 16. All right, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he's given to the children of men. Who do the heavens belong to? God. The earth he's what? Given to the sons of men. I'm going to do a quick revive right here, okay? So how many knows when God created Adam... God said everything was good. He placed him in the, in the garden called Eden, and he had complete control. He had complete authority and dominion in, in Eden. If he was hungry, he spoke to the ground and said, yield fruit. He spoke to the animals and gave them their names showing that he had dominion and authority over them. The reason why we have the privilege of giving our children our name is because we have what? Authority over them. Grant, you believe that? No. <laughs> so we have authority. So, so Adam is walking in dominion. He's, he's, he, he's speaking and, and he's, he's increasing God's kingdom. We know that the Bible says in Isaiah, to the increase of his government and his kingdom, there shall be no end. So Adam would go to the corner of Eden and as he would release his voice, the earth and everything in it would respond and creation would respond to him because he was walking in dominion. Now, somewhere between the creation of man and the fall of a man, uh, Satan rebelled in heaven. Are, we, are you with me now? So somewhere there was a rebellion that went on and he fell from heaven and the Bible says he took a third of what was in heaven with him. That is encouraged in today because for every evil spirit, there's two to one. All right. Now, let's look at this. Let's look at these, because I, I quoted these scriptures and I really want to show them to you right here. Um, let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 12 too. 
I don't know why I wrote that down, but we're going to look at it and see what it says. Um, huh? It says food is good for thy body. Is what I said. Listen. Now we know this, according to scripture, right here in 2 Corinthians 12, I know I wrote it down here. I know a man in Christ Jesus in verse 2 who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know. God knows such a one who was called at what? To the third heaven. If there's three heavens, if you go to the third floor, what did you have to go through to get there? The second floor. If there's three heavens, there's got to be a second heaven, and there's got to be a first heaven. Okay. Now, the realm that God gave me authority to pray and to do my warfare is here on the earth. Are you with me now? God has given me authority of everything that manifests in my realm. Remember, Adam lost it when he fell, and, and he what he did, when Jesus said he came to seek and to save that which was lost, it does not simply just mean he came to seek and save and get us back to salvation. That, 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 was, that was the initial target of the cross, but that wasn't the final target, okay? Listen, how many knows this when you go to a bowling alley? There's, lane, there's, little, there's little indicators at the very front of the lane, and what that is so that your ball will hit that and if you learn how to hit that correctly what happens at the end will, will be the final target which is the knocking down of the pins so when Jesus came to get to get us saved that was the initial target what he came for was to get the kingdom back restored to its rightful place and to get mankind back full of the Holy Spirit because that is the kingdom of God are you with me now and so with this fall with this fall, the earth went and the, the Eden was now shaken up. Are you with me? When man fell, a lot more happened. He lost the deed to the earth. No, I'm, I'm, I got to put a lot. You got to understand. I'm like an auctioneer. I ain't got but 45, 50 minutes. I got to blah, 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 blah. Give, give me two, give me three. Honestly. So when he lost, he lost the deed, transferred the deed. The devil got the deed to the earth, okay? Not only that, the earth went into chaos. That's why the Bible says in Romans 8 that the, that the, that the earth groans for the manifestations of the sons of God. It is desiring to get back to that place to where God set it at in Eden. The Bible also says in Genesis, in the days of ebb or whatever is when the earth divided. That's when volcanoes and all of this, all of this was a result of the fall of man. Everything that man touched began to die. Why? Because sin entered into humanity. Everything he touched began to die. Himself began to die. Everything, sin was just all over everything. All right, and so now Jesus knows that. So he's got to come in the Bible. says he is the last Adam. He, the first Adam could not finish. The second Adam, the last Adam completed the course. Okay, He had the endurance to run the race. When he died on the cross, he wasn't in the tomb three days of sleep waiting for the resurrection. He went down to Hades, preached the gospel. The Bible says he preached to the spirits that were held in prison. He come back with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And in Matthew 28, he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and now on earth. And then in Matthew 16, he said, now the keys which I have, I give unto you. Now he transferred that authority back to you and I, okay? Now, I'm trying to cover the ground. So Revelation 12, round verse 7 says that a war broke out in heaven. And it says that Michael... The archangel went into battle with Lucifer, the devil. Has he got? Oh, okay. He's got. See there? All right. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. Look at this in verse 8. Next verse. Next verse. All right. The dragon, listen here. Uh, now we got it. But they did not prevail and was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil, and Satan who deceives the whole world, he was cast out to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So when he left heaven, he left the third heaven where God's throne is, and now he is in the second heaven. You and I are in the first heaven, the place that we can see earth. Are you with me now? Now, listen to this. Satan is not a creator. 
when God created the heavens, the Bible says that Jesus, I'm going to read these scriptures in a minute. Can I just preach it? If you want the scriptures, you come to me. In Colossians, it says that all things were created for him and by him. Whether principalities, whether thrones or dominions, all things were created by him and for him. Listen, we're not in this power struggle of light against dark. We're not in this, the devil's got this and God. Listen, the devil is absolutely no match for God the Father. The Bible says that Jesus in Ephesians is seated far above all principalities. So, so God in his kingdom, he sets up. There's higher ranking and lower ranking angels. There appears to be three top dog angelic hosts. Are you with me now? They're called archangels. There's three of them mentioned in scripture. There's Michael. He seems to be the warring angel of heaven. He's the one that showed up to Daniel. When Daniel began to pray, he said, hey, listen, things, things got a little tricky there. We got in a battle in the second heaven, but we heard you on the first day. Gabriel seems to be the announcer of heaven. And there is one third archangel mentioned in scripture, and that is Lucifer who was created to guard the glory of God around the throne. I'm never going to get it if I don't move on. 1 Corinthians 15, 40. 1 Corinthians 15, 40. Now, what we talked about, listen, and, and, and I'm going to do this the last recap. Well, there's a scripture in the book of Jude, and it says that Michael, when warring over, when warring over the body, when disputing with the devil over the body of Moses, did not bring any slanderous remarks to the devil, but said what? The Lord rebuke you. It is foolishness in prayer to call him an idiot, stupid. Come on, John. And, and Christians say the dumbest things, like, well, if the devil's messing with you, just tell him to go back to hell where he where he where he belongs. He's never been a day in hell. He is absolutely terrified of that place. How do you know that? Because the lower ranking demons that are here on the earth, when Jesus cast them out of the man from Gadarene, he said, please do not send us into the abyss. Here's the real, if Jesus answered a demon's prayer, why don't you think he's going to answer yours? My God. He answered the demon's prayer and, and, and allowed him to enter into the swine. And they ran violently downhill and drowned themselves in the water. That tells me right there that the devil don't like water. Oh my God, I better quit. He likes dry churches where there's no river and he can stay alive. Hello, somebody. But if you ever get a river, a river will drown the devil. I know that to be the truth. Hello. That's why we pray every week, God send the river. We want to get in the river. Why? Because I got some things in my life that need to drown. They live in dry places. Hello. But if you ever get around the river, that thing that is plaguing you will drown in Jesus' name. All right. Now look at this. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 40. I hollered like I always did, James. I've been preaching like since I was a teenager. Hollering. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 40. There are celestial bodies and there are terrestrial bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the what? Terrestrial is another. Are you celestial or terrestrial? You T-Rex, terrestrial. <laughs> so what does that tell me? Listen, Paul said there is a glory of the celestial and there is a glory of the terrestrial. Let me say this. You are no match to the celestial. That's right. yes. Let's look at this. this verse of scripture. Go with me to the book of Job. To the book of Job. Go with me to the book of Job. Lord, I'm cutting up. Job chapter 41, look at this. You are, cele you are terrestrial. Angels, demons, dark spirits, good spirits are celestial. 
Okay? Here's what I'm saying. Just say this in my prayer. If I start, if I start binding and loosing, Father, I bind every spirit that's hanging over this city right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I come against you, you spirit of, of lasciviousness. You, you follow what I'm saying? Listen, what happened there is I actually wanted to be a hero and I jumped out of the foxhole and opened my life up for an counterattack of what I'm trying to go after. Now you show me anybody in this room, I want to ask, how many, how many big into binding and loosing? And I want to ask you something, how's it working for you? The land has never been cleaned. If I can get to where I want to get to the day, you will never find a cleansing of the land done by binding and loosing. What you will find that cleanses the land and causes cultural transformation is repentance and humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. If I can make it there today, I'm get, there is a glory of one and a glory of another. You are terrestrial. Well, have you not read where Paul said we are, we are seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places? That is true, but the fulfillment of that scripture is not yet. You still on the earth, you're not in the fulfillment, the fulfillment of that verse fully seated with him yet. And until we are fully seated with him, we have been made a little lower, what, than the angels. But one day, you will have a glorified body, and the fulfillment of that scripture will be fulfilled, and you will judge angels. But at the present, you do not. All right. Including myself. All right. Look at this. This is talking about the devil. Can you draw out Leviathan with a hook or snare his tongue with a line? which you will lower. Can you put a reed through him, through, through his nose, or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will you make many supplications to you? Will, you? will he speak softly to you? Will he make a covenant with you? Will you take him on as a servant forever? Will you play with him as with a bird? Or will you leash him for your maidens? Will, you com will your companions make a banquet of him? Will they... Will they apportion him among the merchants? Can you fill his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay your hand on him. Look at this. Remember the battle and never do it again. Indeed, any hope of overcoming him is false. Listen, what I'm telling you is you got to understand this. The enemy plays a very, very vital role in the kingdom of God. And God still allows Satan to exist. He could have bound him when he left heaven and defeated him at that moment, but he chose not to. In the wisdom of God, this is what he said. I could whip you, Satan, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise up a people that have a will and a choice. They can choose to serve me or choose to serve you. I'm going to take that group that choose to serve me and defeat you with them. Hallelujah. Hello. He still play and he still has every gifting and all the power that he had when he stood beside God. Here's the thing. He don't have no authority. You can have all the power, but if you ain't got no authority, it's going to do you no good. Where does he get his authority from? You and I empower him. If fear, if faith is the currency of heaven, fear is the currency of hell. If faith moves heaven, fear moves hell. When we believe a lie, we empower. And when he becomes empowered, he will devour. Now, let's, let's look at this. Now, I want to show you this verse of scripture right here. Let's move right here to, um, oh man, um, Ephesians chapter 1. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. You okay? I'm trying to go in a hurry. Ephesians chapter 1. That's why we just got to hang out here. You can't, you can't, you can't bite this off. And, I mean... I like to eat a whole red velvet cake at one set and it just can't be done. You got to stay with it a couple of days. Then you can eat it. <laughs> My God. I just I felt the Spirit of the Lord come on me then by the red velvet. Let's, let's look right here in Ephesians. Um, I'm trying to figure out where I want to. Let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 2, where am I? 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Let's look at verse 1. And you, when, and you were made alive when you were dead, you, who were dead in the trespasses and sins, and which you once walked according to the course of this world. Look at this. Now, you got to listen to this. All Scripture, all Scripture is what given by what? Inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Does that not, does that not what it says? That is also actually... A very, very poor translation of what that means. That men were inspired. I've heard that they wrote as they were inspired. If you read it in the original Greek, it literally means men were possessed. They were so possessed they couldn't do nothing else. They were possessed, locked down, and begin to write. I feel the Holy Ghost all over this wasn't that a man felt something. He got a little bit of inspiration. No, he got possessed by God. And God said, that's what I want in the book. So listen to this. Now, when, when Paul is writing the great mysteries concerning the church and the revelation of the church in Ephesians, now look at what he says about the enemy. And once you walked according to the course of this world, according to the what? The prince of the power of the air. First of all, he calls Lucifer a prince. Why didn't he call him a king? Because there's one king and that's King Jesus. But what you got to understand that Lucifer is a prince and he's got power and he's got a kingdom. God, I'm trying to help get us in. He's, all right, listen to me. If God has got a kingdom and he's got his kingdom set up, where do you think Lucifer got his ideas about how to set his kingdom up? For what he saw in heaven. So he's got higher ranking demons and lower ranking demons. Most of what we put up with here on the earth is just a foot infantry. We don't really, we really don't go against nothing much right here. I mean, I've, I've, led, I've heard like Lester Sumrall. Lester Sumrall was in the Philippines. And he was in the Philippines and he heard a person call in on the radio station. There was a girl locked up in jail. They had people walking, watching her around the clock or whatever. And every morning she would wake up and have cut marks all over. And she didn't have nothing to cut herself. There was a spirit in there. And so Lester Sumrall said that God spoke to him and said, go to the prison. They had had everybody to come in with the cross. I mean, with oil, with the Bible. Nobody could get this girl free. There was something serious in this girl. And Lester Summerall said that God spoke to him and said, I brought you to the Philippines to go get that girl and get her, get, get her, set her free in that prison. Cast the devil out of her. So that night he went in and got into bed. He said that he thought an earthquake he thought an earthquake was happening. The bed was shaking. The bed was violently shaking across the wall. And then when he awoke, when he awoke and realized it wasn't an earthquake, he realized that a spirit had hold of his bed, shaking his bed and all. And he said, devil, the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. And the devil quit shaking his bed. That demon quit shaking his bed. First of all, let me say this. If we bind in the devil here in Sparks, and the church I pastored over in Alma, they binded him in Alma. What we're doing is giving the devil an attribute of God that he's omnipresent. He's not omnipresent. He won't be at one place at one time. <laughs> so Lester said, that thing quit shaking the bed when he said the Lord rebuke you. And then he realized his bed was about six or seven foot out, of the, out from the wall. He said he called that spirit. He said, get back in here in Jesus' name. Now put this bed back against the wall where I can go to sleep. Went to the prison the next day and cast the spirit out of that girl that nobody could get set free. This is the call of God on our lives to set people free, okay? Are you with me now? I'm just trying to give us wisdom and show you that if you break ranks and you get up there. What, how many knows this? We, the World Series is going on right now, right? And one of the things with the All-Star game, if the American League wins, they got home field advantage. It's big on home field advantage. Listen, you can win any battle as long as you stay on the home field advantage, which is the terrestrial area. If you get out of rank and start going up in his home field advantage, you're going to get your teeth beat out. Man, what time is it? I'm probably 11.45, 11.37. Uh, Father, as you cause the sun to stand still for Joshua, hold the time for me right here where I can get us on. Listen to this. Listen, here's what I, this is something that's in my heart now real strong. I really want to preach this right here, okay? I'm burning with this thing right here. Listen to me. We've come up with every type of formula. 
on how to bring revival. We're going to bind the devil. We're going to bind geographical uh, spirits and all this. I mentioned this one thing at, um, uh, the, when we were on the porch last night, and, uh, and the power of God just, I mean, boom, I mean, it was there. This is, what the, th- this is the deal. Let's say, for instance, we want God to really bless business, okay? Let's say this. We want God to bless business. We want generosity to flow, okay? If you got businessmen in the church... That's doing shaky business dealings. Laundering money through the church and that you are absolutely crazy by thinking God is fixing to bless or move in that thing. It's awful quiet. Now here's the deal. And you can be over there in that room. You can get over there Monday through Friday. Listen what I'm fixing to put on the CD. You can bind and loose all you want. That thing is not moving. Because now it has legal access because we as God's people allowed it to come through our dealings. What we want to do as the church is blame everything on the devil. We don't want to blame nothing on our lucrative, filthy lifestyle that we're living and asking God to come bless our mess. Hello, somebody. Oh, yes, I'm up here as the holiness preacher. Oh, no, we, we, want, we, want, we want everything. Listen, a lot of it ain't the devil's fault. A lot of the chaos in America is because we have lived lukewarm, compromised, and we have allowed the devil to come in through our actions. And we wonder why we can't get a man of God in the White House. Hello, God will give us somebody else more lewd than this one if we won't get on our face and say, God, heal this land. How do you know that? God still uses the enemy every day. He uses him as pawn like a pawn shop. Oh, I'm fitting to bust bust some grace theology right here. That's okay. Children of Israel, you're supposed to be gone in 400 years. That was the word given to your great-granddaddy. You're going to go into 400 years of captivity, then at the end of it, you're leaving. 430 years, they still lay it in the, they lay it in the lawn chairs in Egypt. Oh, we got it so good. Man, Egypt ain't that bad. It's really nice. God said 400 years, you're getting out of there. 430, they still dwell in there. So what's he does? He's going to bring in a Pharaoh that don't, they ain't never heard of. Who's Joseph? I don't give a rip about Joseph. Let me tell you what you're going to do. What you're fixing to do is you're going to, I, I realize right quick, like y'all getting too, y'all in there having babies all the time because you ain't got enough work going on. Y'all getting way too numerous for us. And so if, I'm afraid if war breaks out because y'all got so many children, I mean, y'all going to overtake us. But listen, that ain't fixing to happen. Because what you fix to do, we just cut your pay. Hello, let, let everybody know, let the chief foreman know, all pay just got cut. We don't pay you half, half wages, but you know how we've been getting your straw and all that and laying out the job site for you? We, we, no, we ain't doing that. You go get your own straw, but you got to keep up with the quota. What happened? What happened? They got out the lawn chairs, found the altar. Oh my God, Jesus, please, God, you said you told our grandfathers 400 years we would be in this place. Listen, when I when the revival that's happened in Argentina, the revival that's happened in Uganda, when I went and saw that leader speak from Uganda, he said revival comes two ways, through desperation or devastation. When we don't choose desperation, we get devastation. Y'all act like I'm pretty... Listen, how many, how many remember September the 11th, 2000? One, what? How many of those that a little more people in church the following week than they were the first week? Why? Everybody got woken up. Why, why, why was people back asleep today? Because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, because judgment doesn't come swiftly, men's heart are given fully over. We think, my God, I'm, I'm about to preach. We think we get away with it the first time. No, you held accountable the first time. What we got to understand that God is merciful, long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. But all come to repentance. Now, let's look at Amos chapter 4. Man, can you just preach? I believe in the grace. I'll preach that maybe in a couple of weeks. Put band-aids. I'm cutting right now. I'm trying to get some, trying to get some growth out. Cutting back. I feel like the Lord's cutting on me. I can tell you that. Listen to this. I also withheld rain. I'm in Amos chapter 4 verse 7. I also withheld rain from you when you were still three months to the harvest. I made it rain on one city and I withheld rain from another city. One part was rained upon and where did it, where it did not rain, the part withered. 
So two or three cities wandered to another city to drink water. But there, but they were not satisfied. Yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. I blasted you with blight and mildew when your gardens increased in your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees and the locusts devoured them. You have not returned to me, says the Lord. I sent you a plague after the manner of Egypt. Your young men I killed with a sword. Among, um, among with your captive horses, I made the stretch of the camps come up into your nostrils. Yet you've not returned to me, says the Lord. I overthrew some of you, and God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were like a firebrand plucked from the burning. Yet you've not returned to me, says the Lord. Go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18 verse 7 says this. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck it up, to pull it down, and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns, turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I have thought to bring it upon. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the kingdom um, to build and to plant it. If it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good which I uh, said I would benefit from it. Now, these verses of Scripture... now. Speak of that there's consequences to my actions. Oh my God, did I just say that? That there's consequences to my actions. When you realize there's consequences to your actions for which the way you live, you start watching the way you live. See, what you got to understand is these spirits that are hanging over cities, many of them have legal right. And I'm, tr I'm trying to show us the formula today. I don't want to hear it, neither probably do you want to hear it, but this is the way that they get moved from our areas. Where there's greed, the church operates in generosity. Where there's hate, the church moves in love. And we start getting that mess out of our lives. The way that I believe city transformation comes is not by you standing with your, soul, your sword, your shield, and your helmet and all of that, and you're trying to advance the kingdom that way. I'm telling you the way it comes is this way. Down. Low. You hard to be seen by the enemy when you're low. We got to repent of the pride that we thought everything we had was the right way and the Baptist had it wrong and the Methodist had it wrong. No, we got to get on our face and say, God, I'm just as jacked up as my neighbor. I need the blood. I need mercy and grace. I realize I ain't got it figured out. I can't preach as good as I thought I did. I ain't got the good worship that I thought I had. But God, I pray in your mercy, we have seen God. My house, the preacher's house, and my house house we have seen God I pray that you would forgive us and you would come God and you would hover over the city and you would awaken this city God you would awaken the church you would awaken the leadership God help us to stay humble God forgive us of pride this is the way the kingdom begins to move and we begin to attract heaven this way there's consequences for my actions. God said, yes, I told you you would have them cities. But if you don't obey my commands, then I will remove the good which I have spoken to you. Oh, does that not go in the face that Jesus paid it all and you and I have nothing? Yes, he did pay it all for himself, but you and I still have a task to do. Now, let's look at this. Can you give me 10 minutes right here and I'm done? There was a city. How many has ever heard of Otis Johnson Jr.? Nobody in this room. Listen, yeah, you have, because I'm going to tell you what he does. He's got the transformational videos, and if you were here in the early to, uh, middle of the 2000s, Dale showed those transformational series videos in, here, uh, videos in here. But one of the things is there has never been a city in the United States that has ever, that has ever made it 
to what Otis Johnson Jr. says is a transformational revival. Because he don't call it revival until the whole landscape has been changed and transformation has come. All right. It was a city in the United States called Manchester, Kentucky. According to the documentary, which we can get in and show it in here, that the drug houses had drive through windows. There were more people hitting these houses than all of the fast food restaurants in a day's time. One house was hitting 600 cars a day with meth, pills, whole nine yards. And the law would turn their face to it. When good men do nothing, evil will prevail. It got so bad that when stopping someone, they could not recognize the individual by the driver's license picture. They were burying someone every day to overdose in Manchester, Kentucky. There was this crazy charismatic preacher that believed in revival and believed that the kingdom of God is stronger than the kingdom of darkness. And so he starts going to this Christian bookstore that was owned by this Baptist preacher. And he starts asking him about certain books. And he's like, what? Kind of like if you go down there and ask him a book from Beth with Lifeway. They don't know what, who, what, where? <laughs> God, well, I got to say that. Edit that out. So anyhow, he became friends with this Baptist guy. And God began to speak to them in prayer about how to hold a prayer walk in their city and stand up and say no more. We repent on behalf of the sins of these people. See, let me just say this too. Revival, the depth of revival that we want to live in determines the depth of the repentance we want to go. So they stand up, go through this city with a prayer march, and God, and they, they begin to move the church and preach holiness and all of these things. And God begin to remove that spirit from that area. The elk population had become almost non-existent. And now, Manchester, you can Google all of this. Manchester, Kentucky has one of the strongest elk populations in the state of Kentucky. The purest drinking water found in the state of Kentucky comes from Manchester, Kentucky. It is true what God said in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and seek my face, then shall they hear from heaven and he shall what? Heal the land. God came and he healed the land in Manchester, Kentucky. And the back of that thing was broken. And one of the things that began to happen is one of the first things as the church began to intercede and ask God for mercy and grace, not binding anything, asking God, Father, would you please come awaken the church in this community? God, would you please uncover the schemes of the enemy? One of the first things that happened is the feds came in and found all kind of lucrative dealings within the police department and men were arrested that were turning their face to it. Now, the city that we just came from, where we ministered at there, has a tremendous drug problem. Let me say this. In 1997, the small community of Alma, Georgia, attra attracted Peter Jennings. And he came to Alma, Georgia for a week and did a document documentary called the, uh, uh, A Pot of Gold. We were known for having the best marijuana in the nation from Alma, Georgia. And what happened is, is you had civil leaders that looked in the face of that camera and said, if I ever start struggling financially, I will grow it myself. What that did was that welcomed. Man, God, you got to hear what I'm saying. Listen to me. you got to understand what that happened is, according to Romans chapter 13, civil leaders are ministers as unto what? The Lord. Come on, y'all get the Bible. Y'all with me now. You're in the Bible. So when that civil leader said, spoke into that camera, I'll grow it myself. Listen, what it did was open the floodgates of hell and say, hey, you have legal access now to come into this area. Right here, go to the book of Daniel. I'm almost done. 
Never done, but I'm almost to a stopping place. Okay, I've called the airport. They said, we can come on down. Got two planes that's about to hit. Daniel chapter 9, verse 4. Listen to this. What I want to set this up before I read this. You got to understand. Daniel, when he wrote this, the children of Israel are enslaved in Babylonian captivity. They're not free. Now let's look at his prayer right here. Listen to this. And I prayed to the Lord, my God, and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled and even by departing um, from your precepts and your judgments. Now for surely, Daniel wants to see his nation free. He wants to see his people set free. He wants to see revival come to his community. For surely he better go against his Babylonian spirit. But what does he do? Father, we have sinned. God, we have strayed from the truth. Father, by your mercy, please come. Please come. Listen, I'm telling you, it's the poor in spirit that always experience the manifested glory of God. The deep need for him to come. See, we can get people to come to pork chops, but we can't get them to come to prayer. Listen to this. When leaders and authorities, when leaders, when God's appointed leaders and those who he has in authority, when they humble themselves and pray and pray and repent for the sins of the nations, great power is released. It was in 2 Chronicles chapter 6 when Solomon stood up that he prayed before the people and the glory of God manifested and those that were in that place could not even stand to minister for the glory was there. What would happen in this city? I'm just asking you right now, recipe for change. If the sheriff stood up and the judge stood up and the superintendent stood up and all the church leaders stood up and every other authority leader stood up and said, God, would you forgive us and come please heal our community? I'm telling you, something would shift in the heavens and something would shift in the church and the church would get a revelation that how I'm living affects my neighbor right now. How I'm living affects my family called the family of God. How I'm living determines whether or not God will remove this spirit from off of this city and if we would repent and turn like that would not God hear us and heal our lands and would not we have revival in this community the whole deal with this prayer is not so that we can come on Tuesdays and Thursdays or whenever else we're coming and say we just clock down two more hours of prayer that's not what Jesus was teaching on. The reason why Jesus said don't pray like them bunch of heathens standing up wanting to be heard because their lips are moving but the heart is far from it. What I want you is in communion like I'm in communion with the Father. That's why he prayed in John 17 when he said, Father, let there be, let them be one as you and I are one. He's not talking about let the Baptists and the Methodists and the Church of God, the Foursquare and the Nazarene and the Tangerine join up become one. He said, God, I pray, let them be one with the Holy Ghost as me and you are one. We're interchangeable. We're intertwined, wrapped up. And so the deal is, I got to land this plane. My prayer is far more effective when I begin to identify with my issues and ask Father to cleanse me and to forgive me. And when I move in repentance versus when I stand over here and say, devil, I'm just going to bind everything you do. Now, some told me since Wednesday night and said, you know, you know, well, when I got, if it manifests in the earth realm, you got authority over it, okay? I don't care what kind of spirit it is. He just left home field advantage and he come in my ballpark. Now it's time to do business and I'm equipped to whip him. The only thing I'm not equipped to is engage up in that second heaven and bark on something that God's not called me to do. Jesus never challenged anyone that God didn't already show him first in prayer that he was to challenge. 
Why did Jesus walk by the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5 and get one man out of that pool? Because that's the one he saw his father removing that day. And if that happened in today's time, he would have been mocked for the ones he left and the one that got up. I don't understand why one gets it and not. I know this. That's why the Bible says, weep with them that weep and rejoice with them that rejoice. I don't understand it. It's the great mystery. God's sovereign. He does what he wants to. My job is just to pray. I feel like, this is what I said last night. I feel like the call of God on this church is to get down about as low as we can get. Boom. Right here. This is, our, this is our posture. This is the army that God is calling. They're not standing erect. They're, 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 they're laying down. Hello. We're laying down in humility before the Lord and saying, God, would you move? Man, when I, when I pray, I pray for myself first. I know that may seem selfish, but I do. But I pray for myself. And my main prayer is for myself. is Father God, would you please help me? The next thing I pray is I pray over the leaders. And I say, God, I pray for such awakening to come to the leaders. Because I'm telling you, it's hard to get a church on fire when their leader's not on fire. But if the leader ever catches on fire, if the preacher gets on fire, Tracy Swanson's Church of God evangelist, I don't know, he pastored, I think, a little bit in this area. But he used to say, old big old joker, he used to sing a song, let's have a revival from the pulpit to the pew. If revival's in that pulpit, it'll be in the pew. That's my job. When I live a day for myself, I cost everyone who follow me. Who are you costing? I'm, I'm putting it off of me. Who are you costing? Who, what are you costing us when the tithe plate goes by and you can't put nothing in? Oh my God. What am I costing this community? I'm telling you, friend, listen to me today. I'm done. Listen, James says we have but a vapor of life. We got to put everything we got into it. Listen, all of the chips, all, I, I, all, everything's got to go in this thing. And I feel like this morning God was clothing us with endurance to, to tote it. Clothing us as leaders to tote it. We got to live it every day. This is not a Sunday thing. This is not a Wednesday thing. This is a Monday morning. I'm still on fire like I was Sunday morning when Matt was singing and the worship was going and the lights was on. I'm still on fire. And so we come with these prayers of repentance and we ask God. And what happens is when holiness comes, listen, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about holiness as a discipline of the flesh. I don't believe you can live that way very long, out of discipline. I'm talking about holiness as a desire of the heart. It's because now I'm in such communion with Him. What He, what he loves, I love, and what He hates, I hate. You follow what I'm saying? It's different. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a love thing going on here now. Um, if uh, Catherine says, get the towel off the floor, I get the towel off the floor. Not because she's harping on it, but because I love her and I want to do what pleases her. Are you with me? This is the relationship that Father's moving the church into. It's a love affair going on. We've been in religion and rules and regulations. And a lot of the things that we've cut out and we called legalism was actually great truths that the church has fought to win for years. I appreciate the fire out of a skirt-wearing, bun-toting, holiness woman that won't put an ounce of makeup on her face. Praise God for her because she taught us how to pay the price for something. Hello. And I also appreciate the paint. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Two. Am I the only one in here, brothers? Proverbs 29.2 says, when the righteous are in leadership, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. Yeah. 
I'm finishing up with this. There was a, there was a town in America. That for Halloween was going to show, reshow the original Exorcist on the on the big screen or whatever on a, a drive-in, a drive-in I think it was. There was a civil leader was seeking God and he felt like that it was going to give the enemy a toehold in his city if this was shown on the screen. So he's rallying. Well, what do you think happens when he starts rallying? Oh, my God. Here's a holy roller. Jesus freak. Everything's a devil. He's praying and he's asking God. And he stood up at his council meeting and he made his voice known and he said, I'm not for showing this movie. And this is what he said. He said, I'm about to pray a prayer. And he said, Father, I repent. On behalf of my sins and on behalf of my city and on behalf of these other leaders that would desire such to be played over our city, I ask that you would forgive us and have mercy upon my community. The night that it was fixing a show or whatever, the lines were packing up and everything, and a bolt of lightning came from heaven and hit the screen and split the screen in half. I'm telling you how God moves is when we stand up and say we have done it wrong. Listen, I'm saying here I have done it wrong. I've been an arrogant man. Help us, God. I've been arrogant. I've been prideful. I've been, I've, I've thought that my revelations was the greatest revelations. I thought I was the best preacher in the community. That will never move heaven. What will move heaven is saying, God, please come. No matter what it takes, if you use the first Baptist pastor to bring a community-wide revival, I'll be the first one to load the chairs and the checkbook and get the first Baptist and say, preach it, man of God, but come to my city, Jesus. This is how it's going to come when we rally together and we pray and we begin to get in a heart of repentance and say, Lord, come. We've sinned. Am I the only one sinned in this place? And we don't fit what I'm, and we don't get ourselves carried away with somewhere, some worthless piece of nothing because we got sin. Are you with me now? Jesus died to forgive me of that. But I am talking about this. Let's be honest right here. The things that we're calling we need forgiveness is absolutely sin and strongholds in our lives and we need the power of God to come break it. You don't mind changing Ava's diaper. But if you've got to change Judah's diaper every day, there's something going wrong right there. So... He stands up, Father, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Well, Pastor, you don't understand, I'm, it's just me and my house. What we're doing ain't costing us, oh, it's costing us. Oh, it's costing us. It's costing us. I just feel like, man, because I'm done right here, but what's one thing big in my heart is to see leaders come together. I'm going to tell you what, they won't unify around nothing. They are not coming to some arrogant bunch of people that think they got it all figured out. But they will come to the lowly. Jesus came lowly of heart. He did not come. He didn't even come riding on the stallion. He come on the back of a young foal. He comes back, he's coming on the stallion, okay? He ain't riding that little donkey no more. He's done rode it one time. He comes back, he's coming on the stallion. He's got a tattoo on his thigh, which no man can name. And the two-edged sword is going to proceed out of his mouth, and the nation is going to be divided. That's how he's coming back. But he modeled the way to come in the first place, and that was lowly of heart. Man, church, I'm telling you, we've been prideful. We've been prideful. We've been arrogant. As charismatic people, Pentecost, but we've been arrogant. We have been arrogant. We think because we got the cutting edge worship, listen, we think we got it going on. God showed us two weeks ago. He still moves on the old stuff and he moved great on the old and he moved on the new. What he's saying is don't put me in the box. Some days I want to ride the old car and some days I'll get in the new van. Just follow me. God ain't caught, listen, listen to me right here. I'm done. We will never have the authority to tear anything down in this city until we first give our lives to build it up. 
He told Jeremiah, I put my words in your mouth to tear down, to, to build, to pluck, to build and to plant and to pluck up. Until you're building up, you have no authority to tear down. As we build up, we have a voice. That's what we want. We don't want, we don't want control. We don't want control. We don't even want to be in leadership. Why be in leadership and have the responsibility? What I want is influence. I want the man in, the man in leadership carrying the load, but I got influence in his life. God said this. This is what I feel like the Lord's saying. And then allow him to turn it the way the hand of the Lord is saying. We want influence. Father, I pray this morning you would give us such wisdom. You would give us wisdom. Father, we pray for a spirit of wisdom over us this morning. Give us wisdom on how to intercede, Father. Right now, I pray for that, God, as we move into prayer and as we get in our prayer closets, give us wisdom what is on your heart, Father, to pray over the city. And Father, we realize today that you've not called us into such great warfare that we would go into the second heavens and begin to war. But Father, you called us to live a lifestyle of holiness here on the earth. Father, you've called us to live a lifestyle that, that where how Jesus did as he came lowly of heart. Father, I pray that you would absolutely forgive me this morning of being arrogant and prideful. Father, you would forgive me of being haughty Lord, you cannot stand that stuff, Father. That makes you sick on your stomach when we act in pride or when we act or think that we are better than our neighbor. Father, I realize this morning without your grace and mercy, I'm absolutely nothing in this place. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. That is the only reason why any of us are in this room this morning is simply by your grace and your mercy. I pray that you would awaken the watchman. We do ask that this morning, Father, that you would awaken the watchman. Father, there's been many watchmen on the hill that have gotten fatigued and wearied and even laid down on the hill, Father. Father, many have thought it was come like, like your disciples said when they said, will the kingdom of God appear immediately? But Father, we know that you are, you showed us the great farmer analogy and that's, that's your heart, Father. You teach us how to steward what we have right here, right now. Teach us how to steward what we have right here, right now. And God, let increase come from that proper stewardship. Lord, we pray that thy kingdom would come and thy will be done in this city and in our lives as it is in heaven this morning, God. I thank you for the great move of God that you are sending to this community. I thank you for this church being planted on the rock and not on the sand, Father. The, the storms have shook and it has blown, but yet we're still standing as a people in this city crying out to you again today, Father. I thank you for for every prophetic word that has ever been spoken into this ground and into this soil. And I thank you that it is alive and well in the kingdom of heaven this morning, Father. And you're waiting on a people to call forth that word again, Father. I thank you, Lord, that there's a spirit of intercession that came upon Rachel in Genesis 30, verse 1, that there was a cry from Rama heard Rachel weeping for her children, God. We're going to begin to weep and cry out for this city, God, and tote this city in prayer. We'll tote the leadership of this city in prayer, God, till there's an awakening and every church across this city, God, and across this county. We thank you for strengthening every man and woman of God right now this morning that is preaching the gospel. We ask blessings over their family, God, and I thank you this morning for, again, another opportunity to sow into the lives of this people. I pray great blessings over them in the mighty name of Jesus this morning. We say that we are sober-minded. We are vigilant. We stand as an army, and we stand as soldiers ready to do war and do business. We say we are alert and we're alive. We say we're on fire. We're passionately pursuing the king and his kingdom this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said, amen. amen.